On today's episode, I'll be getting into the top five of my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings, find out who I feel are the top prospects in the Blackhawks organization, and also discuss former top prospect Lucas Reichel starting to get scratched again. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman, too. And make sure to go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey as well. And that way, you can get the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also, if you're watching today's episode and haven't done so already, please make sure to go and hit that like button, comment down below, and subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. And even if you're a regular audio listener of the podcast, make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube account and also help me out by leaving a review and rating the show with five stars. Those two things really do go a long way. And I also got to let you know, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Make sure to go and download the Game Time app and use the code Vegas100 for $100 off on a big game ticket. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Again, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Happy Wednesday here, Blackhawks fans. Back in action tonight are the Blackhawks taking on the Seattle Kraken, the third and final meeting between these two teams this season. They've split the first two meetings with uh, the Hawks defeating Seattle 4-3 to back in December, I want to say, at the United Center before getting absolutely blown out 7-1 to in Seattle in the second matchup. I'll be talking a little bit about the Blackhawks' projected lineup for tonight's matchup, as well as some updates on Lucas Reichel during segment three to wrap up today's show, so make sure to stay tuned for that. But first, it's time to get into the top five of my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. We're finally in the nitty-gritty here. I appreciate everyone who's tuned into the first three parts of this series leading up to part four here today where we get into the cream of the crop, the top, the best of the best that the Blackhawks have in their prospect pool. I know these are the prospects that most of you fans and viewers out there are the most excited for, and certainly I am as well. So really stoked to be breaking them all down. But before I do that, if you want to get all caught up on the list or you want to hear more about a certain prospect, make sure to go and check out those previous three editions of my midseason prospect rankings. It also only kind of makes sense to go in chronological order about these things. And if there's a certain prospect that you kind of have your ties to, uh, make sure to go and check those out and hit that like button and comment down below as to how you feel about my prospect rankings as a whole. And especially through these top five, I'm sure I'm not going to have them rated the same as everyone out there. So if you think I have someone too high or too low or maybe should have two guys flip-flop, make sure to go and let me know about that down below in the comment section. But just as a quick reminder as to what's gone down in the first three parts leading up to the top five coming out here today, starting things off at number 20, two number 20s, if you all remember correctly, Aiden Thompson and Samuel Savoie. 19 was Ilya Safinov, 18 Landon Slager, 17 Paul Ludwinski, 16 Martin Misiak, 15 Nick Lardis, 14 Gavin Hayes, 13 Roman Kansarov, 12 Wyatt Kaiser, and 11 
with Sam Renzel, leading us to the top 10, which was part three, and that was 10, Nolan Allen, 9, Adam Guyan, 8, Colton Dock, 7, Ryan Green, and 6, Drew Comesso. So without any further ado, Blackhawks fans, let's go ahead and get into that top five. And coming in at number five is none other than defenseman Ethan Del Mastro, 21 years old, just actually turned 21 a couple of days ago. So happy belated birthday to Ethan Del Mastro. I hope he enjoyed that 21st properly, but he was actually a fourth round pick for the Blackhawks. 105th overall in the 2021 NHL draft. What a steal that is looking like in hindsight. He's a six foot four, 210 pound left-handed defensive defenseman and making matters even better. Not only did the Blackhawks steal Ethan Del Mastro with the 105th selection in that draft, but how did they receive that pick? Oh yeah, it was kind of a nonchalant, not notable trade with the Vancouver Canucks the year prior in which the Blackhawks traded them Madison Bowie for a fourth round pick. Do any of you even remember Madison Bowie playing with the Chicago Blackhawks? I barely do. And funny enough, he actually only ended up playing in two NHL games for the Canucks organization and is now playing over in the KHL. So seems like a pretty good deal for the Blackhawks there trading Madison Bowie for a piece that I think is going to be a, um, future puzzle piece on the back end for the Chicago Blackhawks here in this rebuild. But as far as what Ethan Del Mastro is up to, he's in the midst of his first professional season right now with the Rockford Ice Hogs. And boy, is he off to a phenomenal start offensively too, which is uh, probably the most surprising part being a kind of defensive stalwart all throughout his career, even though the offensive game, as I talked with him on the show, Go and uh, look up my interview with Ethan Del Mastro if you're curious. I've had him on the show a couple of times here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But offensively isn't really the name of his game. But he's got 18 points in his first 35 AHL games this season, four goals and 14 assists. And he was actually named to the AHL All-Star game and is the youngest Ice Hogs All-Star since Adam Clendenning in 2013. So an excellent start for Del Mastro to his professional career. Um, Also was part of two Team Canada World Junior gold medal winning squads, the two that were uh, held like three months apart because of COVID. He was on both of those teams. In the second one, he played a much larger role along with Kevin Korchinski and Connor Bedard. But I mentioned that improving offensive game for Del Mastro. I think that's really intriguing, but he did show some signs of that in his final year of junior hockey when he tallied 59 points in 52 games combined for the Mississauga Steelheads and the Sarnia Sting. Uh, And what I love too is when I talked with Mike Fulta, the play-by-play broadcaster of the Rockford Ice Hogs recently, he mentioned that they're kind of handling Ethan Del Mastro in Rockford right now, how they were handling Alex Vlasic last year, giving Ethan a lot of power play time so he can work on those puck touches and those passing and playmaking abilities, because it seems like they know those are the things that he kind of has to work on. And look how it's developed for Alex Vlasic as a rookie already at the NHL level. His puck moving and just puck possession game in general has really taken a step forward this season. I'm sure the hope is that Ethan Del Mastro will be following suit in the same department. So glad to see that he's off to such a tremendous start to his professional campaign. Going to be curious if we see him up in the NHL at all down the stretch here in the regular season. As far as his strengths, weaknesses, and projection go, uh, the strengths of his game are undoubtedly the physicality and the size that he provides on the back end. And he's already a rugged defensive defenseman. He was already that at 
18, 19 years old and knows how to use his body. But one thing that's always really impressed me when I've watched Ethan Del Mastro and even in the preseason when he's gotten action the last couple of years, he's so poised with the puck on his stick. I would say the skating ability is one of his weaknesses, but he's very elusive for a guy that doesn't move around all that fast. And he's really patient. He doesn't force or rush anything. He doesn't panic. He's just got good escapability back there because of his poise. And then also that developing playmaking ability. I think if that continues to head into the right direction, that's going to be a really big strength for him moving forward. As far as the weaknesses go, to me, it's just really the skating um, and offensive upside, the shot mostly. I would like to see Ethan Del Mastro uh, with his size, if he could just add a big booming left-handed shot Um, I don't expect him to be an offensive defenseman, but that could be a nice way for him to chip in at the next level as well. So those are really the only two weaknesses that I see in Ethan Del Mastro's game. Uh, I believe he was number four on my midseason prospect rankings last year. I'm super high on Ethan Del Mastro, and I have been for the last couple of years because all of the experience that he's gotten and whenever he's played in you know, a big tournament like the World Juniors or playing meaningful hockey for the Sarnia Sting. It seems like he does his best work there. So I'm really high on Ethan Del Mastro, and I have him projected as a second-pairing defensive defenseman for the Blackhawks and the staple of the penalty kill for a long time to come. So there's Ethan Del Mastro coming in at number five, coming in next here at number four. And this one was a toughie here, Blackhawks fans. But I have Oliver Moore, 19-year-old, first-round pick in the 2023 NHL draft. Still can't believe he fell all the way to 19th overall. He's a 5'11", 190-pound center. And don't forget the Blackhawks received this pick as well from the Tampa Bay Lightning as part of the Brandon Hagel trade a few years ago at the trade deadline. And thus far, Moore is in his freshman campaign with the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers, one of the top teams in all of college hockey. And he's off to a really good start as well, 21 points. Points in 24 games for Minnesota. Only three goals, though, so would like to see him develop that goal-scoring ability a little bit more. And he also is just coming off of a gold medal at the 2024 World Junior Championship for Team USA, where he tallied three points in eight games, kind of bouncing up and down between the top line and the fourth line for the red, white, and blue. As far as the strengths go, though, for Oliver Moore, undoubtedly his best asset is his skating. Elite prospects, when he was uh, up for grabs in the draft last year, said they had never seen a skater like him, just has blistering speed, amazing acceleration, top-end speed is excellent, can get up and down the ice in a hurry, and he really uses that to be an effective two-way center. And I think that's what he set up to be long-term for the Blackhawks, is a really excellent two-way center. And having Connor Bedard in the prospect pool as well, I think is going to free up Oliver Moore a little bit and not have him just solely focus on the offensive side of things. And quite honestly, the Blackhawks probably want him to be a little bit more defensive minded. Yeah. You want him to be able to still drive play as a potential second line center. That's kind of what I see the projection as for him, but if he can hold things down defensively and just really be a 200 foot um, four checker, that's a pain in the ass to play against. I think that's exactly what the Blackhawks want out of Oliver Moore. And he's showing he's already capable of that at 18, uh, 19 years of age, like Ethan Del Mastro. He recently had a birthday as well. And just turned 19, I would say the playmaking in the hands, uh, are skills for our strengths of Oliver Moore's game. I talked to Hadi Kalakash from Lockdown NHL Prospects recently as well. And he said one thing that he noticed over the last uh, 12 months probably is that Oliver Moore's hands are finally starting to keep up with his feet. Kind of an Andreas Athanasiu 
comparison here. And that's how I've always felt about AA. He's too fast for his hands, too fast for his brain. That was a problem for Oliver Moore early on in the year with the USNTDP, but he's kind of figured that out a little bit more and really allowing his creativity to show when he's um, playing at a very high speed, which with the way the NHL is going, you certainly want Oliver Moore and that speed um, to be a factor out there because the game's only getting faster and faster. And then I also think he's a pretty good face-off man already too. He works really hard in the face-off dot. He's just got a good work ethic all over the ice. He's got really good heart, fights for every loose puck. He's a scrapper, and I think he's going to be uh, a two-way wizard for the Blackhawks long-term. As far as the weaknesses go, shooting in stride might be Oliver Moore's biggest weakness. He just hasn't really figured out how to use his speed in the goal-scoring column yet. He knows how to do it in the playmaking and in the passing game, but he's got to figure out how to shoot uh, on stride with that great speed that he has because that's really going to turn him into a special type of weapon at the next level given the way that he can skate. And then just overall the physicality, playing against grown men, he's a little bit undersized for being five foot eleven. So just continuing to fill, fill out that frame and get a little bit stronger on your stick because with that speed it could be a lethal combo if he – uh, winds up being a really strong player as well. Oliver Moore, a really intriguing prospect. I had a hard time uh, depicting between he and the next guy as to who is going to fall at number four and who is going to fall at number three. Either way, though, both guys have outstanding upside, and I'm really excited for Oliver Moore's future, although I do believe he is going to go back to the University of Minnesota for his sophomore season. All right, there are numbers five and four in my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. I'll carry on into the final three here in just a moment, Blackhawks fans. But first, I got to talk to you all about game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. And game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code Vegas100. The Super Bowl is right around the corner, and I personally love game time. It's always been um, the cheapest and easiest way for me to purchase all of my tickets ever since I was a kid going on down to the United Center and watching the Blackhawks in their heyday, or even when I'm traveling and trying to go to a sporting event or a concert in another city. Game time is always the perfect place to check out because they offer the cheapest and fastest tickets. And they also have views from all the seats in the venue. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Plus they offer flash and zone deals that will help you save some money. I highly recommend you all go and download the game time app right now. And when you go and create an account, use the promo code Vegas 100 to get a hundred dollars off your first purchase of a big game ticket. Again, you can get $100 off to the Super Bowl or just $20 off to come see Connor Bedard at the United Center using the promo codes VEGAS100 or LOCKDOWN in all caps. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed, game time. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, the Blackhawks take on the Seattle Kraken <clears throat> excuse me, at 9 p.m. Central Time here this evening. It's the third and final matchup between these two teams that have split the first two games. And you can catch all of the Blackhawks' hometown broadcast with the SiriusXM app on the SXM app. Just search Blackhawks. All right, segment two, picking up where I left off. I know uh, we're down to the final three here, getting into the best of the best. Coming in at number three, as I mentioned, I had a little bit of a tough time dictating who was going to come in at four and who was going to come in at three. 
But after what I just saw out of this man at the World Junior Championship, I had to put him at the number three spot, and that's none other than Frank the Tank Nazar, baby. 20 years old, first round pick, 13th overall in 2022, and he's a 5'10", 185-pound center. And don't forget, the Blackhawks also received this pick in a trade with the Montreal Canadiens that sent Kirby Doc to Montreal. The Hawks received uh, the 13th overall selection along with the 66 overall pick two, which they ended up using to uh, draft Gavin Hayes, another member of the U.S. gold medal winning team at the World Junior Championship recently. So that looks like it's another very solid trade by the Chicago Blackhawks, especially based on what Frank the Tank has been up to recently. 27 points in his first 22 games during his sophomore season with Michigan, 10 goals and 17 assists. And what stinks is after the Blackhawks drafted him, we really didn't get to see him showcase his stuff due to a knee injury that cost him most of his freshman campaign, only played 13 games last season, but he's really responded in a big way this year and kind of feels like he had a chip on his shoulder to prove everyone that he can still be the man. He's been doing that thus far as a sophomore, and he certainly did that at the World Junior Championship where he was one of the best players in the tournament and probably the best playmaker with eight assists in seven games to help lead the USA to gold. As far as Frank's strengths, the skating is awesome. It's not quite Oliver Moore's level, but he's a really good skater and plays with a really high motor, good playmaking ability, great passing skills, constantly supporting teammates both uh, defensively and in terms of finding them open out there on the ice. And I think Frank Nazar is going to be a really excellent two-way player like Oliver Moore as well because he's got this high hockey IQ and he's a supportive defensive center and more of a playmaker. Like he really is kind of a, a team type of guy. And I really think the motor that he plays with um, and the way that he goes about his business too, I feel like he's a grinder with skills out there because he's scrappy, man. He's feisty. Don't let that five foot 10, 180 pound frame fool you. Frank Nazar will back check the hell out of you. He'll get up and get up on you in the board. So go to the front of the net. He doesn't play scared out there at all. He has no fear and he has full confidence in himself that, you know, he can help out big time on both ends of the ice. And he showed just that at the world juniors, which was excellent. So he's got a really impressive makeup and kind of like a little energizer bunny out there, if you will. As far as the weaknesses, I think he needs to keep developing that shot a little bit more. Not all that concerned, even though he didn't score a goal at the World Juniors. He's got 10 and 22 games with Michigan. Um, but I do think he is going to be more of a playmaker than a goal scorer. So to, continuing to develop that shot, I think, will make him a little bit more uh, dimensional out there and force defenders to have to respect his shot and his playmaking ability as well. Um, and then just size, kind of... Um, Nothing he can do about that, but just continuing to get stronger and have strong legs out there. Just be able to play against grown men. Don't be shying through contact. And I don't think Frank is going to be doing that at all, knowing the type of player that he is. And then he also just kind of needs to stay healthy, right? Like that knee injury really stunk last year, but we know what he can do this season when he is healthy. So it's just remaining healthy moving forward. Uh, and I really do think that Frank Nazar is going to be either a top six winger for the Blackhawks. I could see him being a winger on the top line with Connor Bedard potentially because he plays with that high pace, uh, plays with some good playmaking abilities, and also is responsible defensively. They just kind of think the game the same way. And I really think the high octane speed that they can provide together 
um, makes them a really good duo. But I could also see Frank being a middle six center. I don't think he's going to be a top line center ever, but a second line or third line center along with Oliver Moore could give the Blackhawks a lot of depth down the middle moving forward. But regardless of what position Frank Nazar ends up playing or what his role is, I believe he's going to be a major impact player down the road for the Blackhawks. Could even see him in the NHL at the end of this year when he finishes his sophomore campaign with Michigan. Next, we have at number two, Kevin Korchinski, 19-year-old first-round pick, seventh overall in the 2022 NHL draft, six foot one, 190-pound left-handed offensive defenseman. And don't forget, the Hawks also received this pick from Ottawa as part of the Alex DeBrinket trade, along with the 39th overall selection, which the Blackhawks ended up using to select Paul Ludwinski. But how about this Blackhawks fans? Numbers five, four, three, and two in the Blackhawks organization. How did they get these prospects? It was by making trades. Three of them, it was by giving up some of your better players, unfortunately, to go into a full-scale rebuild. Alex DeBrinket, Brandon Hagel, Kirby Doc. It was tough to give those pieces up, but now you see why the Blackhawks did it because the future is so, so, so promising with all of these prospects, and it couldn't have been done without the Blackhawks trading away some of their big-name players. But as far as Korchinski goes, he's in the midst of his rookie NHL campaign after the Blackhawks elected not to send him back to the Seattle Thunderbirds, and he's handled it okay so far, like a 19-year-old undersized offensive defenseman would in my mind. He's got nine points and. His first 41 games, two goals and seven assists, and is coming off a crazy last two years with the Seattle Thunderbirds, where he tallied 138 points in his final 121 junior games. And he also was a member of the 2023 Team Canada gold medal winning WJC squad along with Kevin Korchinski, Nolan Allen, and Ethan Del Mastro. The strengths to Kevin Korchinski's game, like Frank Nazar, like Oliver Moore, it's all about the speed, baby. And when I first saw this guy at Blackhawks development camp, he blew my socks off with the way that he can roam up and down the ice, jump in on a Russian transition, and still get back to prevent an odd man rush going the other direction. He has incredible speed out there, really good, <clears throat> really good playmaking abilities too. Uh, I think a, a real bright spot of Kevin Korchinski's game is how much separation that he creates out there because of his speed. And he recognizes open ice and how to get himself in positions to use his speed to his advantage. I also think he's got some pretty good hands out there and some good puck movement and has high hockey IQ as a whole, particularly on the offensive side of things. As far as the weaknesses go, it's really just all about the defensive game, man, becoming good enough in the defensive zone to hang around out there don't ever picture him as a staple shutdown defensive defenseman, but really that's not why the Blackhawks drafted him. They drafted him because of his offensive abilities, the speed, the playmaking, all of that stuff. So if he can just be a complimentary piece defensively uh, strong enough, that's kind of where I think we're going to be heading with Kevin Korchinski. Don't really ever picture him being a huge penalty kill guy. Um, but other than that, just kind of being more consistent. I think adding some Uh, power to that shot of his and also just wanting to shoot the puck more getting a little bit more of an aggressive mentality or kind of things to work on for Kevin Korchinski hasn't really blown uh, any NHL goaltenders away with his shot yet this season so I think that's something that he can work on but all in all Kevin Korchinski I know it hasn't been a crazy start to his NHL career but he has all the goods to be a top four offensive defenseman of the future for the Blackhawks I don't know if I have him as a top pairing guy I think it would have to be in the right situation, maybe uh, with a shutdown right-handed defenseman of the future. 
Um, but a second pairing offensive guy that can go out there and run your top power play unit. That's what I envision Kevin Korchinski being for this Blackhawks team long-term. And then without any further ado, Blackhawks fans getting into number one, the least surprising announcement on this list it's Connor Bedard, baby. The number one overall selection in the 2023 NHL draft, still 18 years old, five foot 10, 190 pound center, 33 points in his first 39 NHL games, 15 goals and 18 assists before suffering a fractured jaw to the hands of Brendan Smith a couple of weeks ago. That'll force him to miss the NHL all-star game, unfortunately, but he was blowing away all rookies in all categories, was leading the Blackhawks in all categories by a wide margin. As an 18-year-old with basically little to no help out there, uh, I don't know how anyone could not be impressed as hell by what Connor Bedard did in his first half. And just for shits and gigs, I wanted to bring up how he tallied 143 points, 71 goals, and 72 assists in 57 games during his final junior season and added 23 points in seven games during the 2023 World Junior Championship. He is the future of the NHL, a generational talent. He's lived up to the hype and then some thus far, and hopefully he'll be able to get back on the ice sometime soon to keep displaying all of his skills to the entire hockey world. And as far as those skills go, basically all of them are strengths for him. Everything, the shot, the hockey IQ, the skating, the creativity. I mean, we've seen that on full display already as a rookie. Uh, the work ethic, he's a guy who works his bag off out there and lives, eats, and breathes hockey. Uh, has really good hockey ascents, great agility, although could have been more agile dodging that hit from Brendan Smith, but everything about his game jumps off the charts. He thinks it at a high level. He can execute at a high level. He's not afraid to try new things. He can take over the game with his defensive abilities as well. He's just an incredible specimen, and boy, am I glad to have him here in Chicago. As far as the weaknesses go, I think it's really just filling out that frame a little bit more uh, and just working at the face-off dot. Those are really the only complaints that I have about Connor Bedard, but even his struggles at the dot are pretty typical for an 18- or 19-year-old center as a rookie. So just continuing to stack good day after good day, Connor Bedard is going to be a special talent for this Blackhawks team for a long time to come and undoubtedly the number one prospect in the organization and the number one prospect in all of hockey. Don't forget that, Arizona Coyotes, who really had the audacity to say they had the best prospect in all of hockey with Logan Cooley. That is hilarious. All right, that will wrap up my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. Again, thank you to everyone out there who tuned in through the four parts of this. It's always uh, a good time, and I'm super excited to check back on all of these guys and this ranking when uh, the season wraps up here, and we'll talk about it a little bit more in the summer. Coming up in just a moment, Blackhawks fans, don't go anywhere because I still have to talk a little bit about tonight's game in Seattle and Lucas Reichel possibly being scratched for a second consecutive game. But first, I need to talk to you all about Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Connor Bedard could return from injury and still be on his way to winning the Calder Trophy. The Winnipeg Jets could be on their way to winning the President's Trophy. And you could be on your way to winning real big by playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. And Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy contests. And all you have to do is pick whether studs like Nathan McKinnon or Connor McDavid will record more or less than their stats projected by Sleeper, such as goals, assists, points, shots, and more in any given game. And again, Sleeper offers you the chance to win 100 times your cash 
So start paying attention, make the right picks, and you could win real big. And right now, you could also use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL in all caps to get up to an $100 match on your first deposit with Sleeper. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNHL in all caps, and go and see Sleeper's terms of use right now for more details. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, please make sure to go and smash that like button, comment down below, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. And also make sure to go and check out the new Lockdown Sports Today because Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, segment three. Tonight, the Blackhawks are back in action for the second of four games during their West Coast road trip prior to the NHL All-Star break, which your boy will be spending in Mexico. I'm leaving on Saturday morning. Couldn't be any more excited to get out of the cold temperatures here in the Chicagoland area. Um, But before the NHL All-Star game, still got a couple of more Blackhawks games to get into. I know it's not the most intriguing time to be following this team right now as their forward group is still decimated with injury. Um, But one thing I did want to make sure to mention here on the show today is not only was Lucas Reichel a healthy scratch in the Blackhawks last game on Monday against the Vancouver Canucks, it appears he's going to be healthy scratched once again here tonight against Seattle for the second consecutive game based on what we saw the Blackhawks lines look like during the uh, practice in Seattle they held yesterday. Felino Kurashev Radish remained as the top line. Lucas Reichel was skating on the second line after the left left wing spot, but Colin Blackwell received a maintenance day, and I don't see any way in hell the Blackhawks are going to take him out of the lineup or separate him from the Dickinson-Anderson second line that's been really successful together. Rem Pitlick was the one on the uh, left wing of the third line instead of Reichel where he has been lately, skating along with Cole Gutman at the center spot and Ryan Donato at the right wing, and then Boris Kachuk, Zach Sanford, and Reese Johnson round things out on the fourth line, which makes it look like Lucas Reichel and Mackenzie Entwistle are going to be the scratches here tonight. And that leads me to the question, what do the Blackhawks do next with Lucas Reichel, man? Feels like every button they've tried to push the season just has not worked. He'll have good spurts, one good game here and there, but the consistency has been such an issue and you got to feel like the confidence is just shattered, unfortunately, right now for Lucas Reichel. And I think that's partly on him and partly on the coaching staff. At some point in time, he's got to look into the mirror and tell himself that he has to be better and find that fire in his belly to really get it going. Because if he doesn't, he's going to be healthy scratch like this. So I do blame Lucas Reichel. I also think the coaching staff just hasn't done him any favors. And I know there's the argument that if he's not playing well, how can you reward him and bump him up in the lineup? I don't care. Like, aren't we trying to think long-term about this thing right now? Like we're having Taylor Radish skating on the top line game after game. And he really hasn't done shit all year long either. Like I don't really understand why we can't have Lucas Reichel up there with Felino and Kurashev or put him with Dickinson and Blackwell who have been excellent together this season as vets. Maybe that gets Lucas Reichel going. Maybe you try him with Ryan Donato or Cole Gutman if you don't want to go of those other two routes. But I think leaving him with Mackenzie Antwistle as his center was just never a good idea. Leaving him on the third or fourth line was never a good idea. Um, 
I don't think they've handled, handled him properly, but I also don't think Lucas Reichel has done himself any favors at the same point in time. And he is absolutely deserving of this healthy scratch because he's just not making an impact out there on a regular basis like we know he can. So as far as what I would do, look, the Blackhawks got a back-to-back here. I would expect that they are going to have Lucas Reichel go back in the lineup tomorrow uh, when they're going to have some tired legs in the lineup, especially going against the Edmonton Oilers, who have won 14 in a row and are buzzing right now. Um, the Blackhawks are going to probably want Lucas Reichel's healthy and fresh legs ready to go in that one. So I imagine he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow against Edmonton. If that is the case, give him a real opportunity. Play him with Nick Foligno or Philip Kurashev. Play him with Jason Dickinson and Colin Blackwell. I, I don't think playing him with uh, Cole Gutman and Mackenzie Antwistle is going to get him anywhere. We saw what he did at the end of last year. He was playing with good players, not a Cole Gutman who's a young guy still developing or a uh, Orion Donato, he was playing with Andreas Athanasiu and Philip Kurashev, two of the better offensive pieces that were in the lineup last season. So I, I think it's kind of a mix and match on both sides. Lucas Reichel, yeah, like I said, hasn't been great, but I don't think the handling of him has been great either. But maybe this will be the time that uh, gets him going. We've seen him scratched already this season. Sucks that it's happening again, but hopefully that will lead to a real strong effort and performance out of Lucas Reichel if he does, in fact, get back into the Blackhawks lineup tomorrow against Edmonton, like I assume. All right, Blackhawks fans, that is going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm Jack Bushman. Go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too. And make sure to also follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's ep- episode, everyone have a safe rest of your day. Go Hawks. Let's not get blown out by the Kraken. And I'll see you next time on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.